I said this morning that one of the reasons why Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times of the year is because we don't have to buy any presents <laughs> and uh, no chocolate. I'll tell you, once uh, once the end of October comes, it seems to just chalk it in the house till after Easter. Anybody notice that? First it's Halloween, then it's Christmas, and then it's and then it, and then it's Easter, and it just seems there's a never-ending supply of chocolate. But uh, uh, Thanksgiving is special. It's a time of reflection, a time of giving thanks, a time of praising God. And so this morning, um, I want to talk to you about about thanksgiving. I want to talk to you about praising God. Um, how many know that by nature we are we are complainers? Everybody know that? We are more apt when we meet somebody to tell them about our aches and our pains than we are to tell them about how good God has been to us. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, I uh, appreciated after the first service, I asked one of our young people, how are you doing? And she didn't know what to say in response. And I said, you don't want to say anything in response because you got a complaint, right? <laughs> and she says, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking about studies and how difficult that is. Uh, by nature, by nature, we're more apt to think about our, our struggles, our problems, our difficulties than we are to think about how good God has been to us. And so what I, what I want to do is, can we see that next uh, slide there? I want, I want you to stop... Uh, Say it again. Stop. So, like, okay. So here's what here's what I'd like to I'll just do some some uh, psychological stuff on you right now. So whenever you see a stop sign, imagine you can see those words complaining underneath, and maybe uh, maybe you just might live up to that. I don't know. But we need to be a people, especially if we call ourselves believers or Christians. We need to be a people who stop complaining. Now, in just a moment, I want to show you a video that I found, and. Um, it, uh, I think, I think it, it may make you cry, but it's a, it's really a video about two young people um, who were both uh, in a, well, both lost limbs. The girl lost an arm, and the and the young man lost a leg. But you see how they refuse to to whine and complain about their problems, or they rise above it. They give God thanks for what they've got, and um, God. God does a special work in their hearts and lives. I found this uh, video clip on GodTube. How many have heard of YouTube? There's also a GodTube, and uh, it especially, especially touched my heart. So let's, uh, let's take a look at that, Scotty, and uh, hopefully your heart will be touched the way mine was, and we'll go from there. Uh, does anyone here have any reason to complain? You saw two lives. One lost an arm, one lost a leg, and yet there they were doing what you never dreamed that they could do. Willing to get up and follow their dreams Rather than complaining and whining, they went ahead, and you saw something very beautiful there, very touching. Why is it that we are so quick to complain, especially considering that we have so much? 
We have so much. We have been blessed with so much, given so much. We live in a land of luxury, and yet there's probably more complaining in North America than in any place in the world. I want to tell you a story of a man by the name of Ezra. He was a priest and a scribe. God tapped him on the shoulder one day and said, Ezra, I want you to do something for me. I want you to lead 50,000 of your of your people back to Israel. You see, Israel had been been exiled from the land of Israel, from their own land, because of their sin. They had turned their backs on God and were living in complete disregard for God and for his laws. And so for 70 years, all of Israel was forced out of the land. They were forced out of the land as punishment so that they could be reminded that, that Israel was, in fact, the promised land. It was, in fact, God's blessing to them. It was not to be taken for granted. I wonder how many of us are losing out in our lives because we're taking for granted what God has given us. Anybody thought of that? You had it, but now you don't have it, and it's because you've taken it for granted. Well, sometimes God's got to take things away from us. How many know this? God's got to take things away from us to help us realize what we had. So we don't take for granted what he's entrusted to us. That's what I'm to Israel. But now the time has come and God is saying, Ezra, it's Israel's time to be restored. My people will return to their home. And Ezra says, so you want me? I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a, I'm, I don't have any credentials as a travel guide. <laughs> I don't have a travel office here, God. You want me to take 50,000 people back to Jerusalem? God said, yeah, Ezra, that's what I want you to do. I see. So what you want, God, is for me to, uh, to go against the king of Babylon and of Persia, and you want me to go and bring these people? Yes, that's what I want you to do, Ezra. And in fact, God enables Ezra to do just that. And so Ezra raises up his 50,000, and they return to the promised land, and they begin to build the foundation for the temple that was completely destroyed. Now, I want you to know something here for a moment before we go any further. For the Jew, they're never really ever at home and never feel that their lives are normal until they're back in their promised land. Even to this day, 2,000 years, uh, actually 2,500 years after, after Ezra, you will still hear the Jews say, next year in Jerusalem. Because that in the heart of every Jewish person, is what it means to be home, what it means to be content, what it means to be happy. Now imagine for a moment, my friends, if someone came along and told you you would not be allowed to gather together with other Christians to worship. Imagine if that was taken away from you. We take it for granted, don't we? I would suspect that the way things are going politically in our world today the time may come sooner than you think when we will have taken away from us the privilege 
of gathering together to worship God. But that's precisely what happened here. And now God was saying to Ezra, Ezra, we're going to restore Israel. The dream is going to come true. Worship will be reestablished. The temple will be reestablished. Jerusalem will be reestablished. Let's take a look at this passage of scripture. Ezra gets back with his 50,000 and they begin the process of building the foundation. Look at, look what it says here. When the, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, this is Ezra 3 verses 10 to 12. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But look at this. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid. Because it wasn't like the old one. Well, many others shouted for joy. Now, I want to say something to you this morning. It's people of great faith who always have a great attitude. Can I say that again? People of great faith always have a great attitude. Do you know why? Because people of great faith understand and know that God is sovereign. He's in control. He's in charge. People who trust God know that God is sovereign over all the universe, that he is the final word on absolutely everything that takes place. And I want, I want that to sink into your hearts this morning because some of you feel that maybe your lives are at the mercy of the bankers. That your life is at the mercy of your boss. That your life is at the mercy uh, maybe of your spouse, of your kids. But I want you to know today that your, your life is at the mercy of God. And people who complain are people who forget that God is in charge. You show me somebody who's complaining, and I'll show you somebody who does not think of God first. You show me somebody who's uttering complaints, whining, crying, moaning, weeping. I'll show you somebody who's forgotten about God. But show me somebody who's rejoicing, who is glad, who has a smile on his face or on her face. And I'll show you somebody who knows that they know that they know that God is in charge, that God is sovereign, that God is in control, and that they are in no one's mercies but God's. People of great faith always are always thankful and rarely complain because they know God's in charge. So here's the thing, folks. Here's what we need to do. We need to uh, take the prescription prescribed by David, king of Israel. That's what it says in verse 10. The people worship God as prescribed by David. Here's the medication that you need. How do we treat feelings of, of depression and feeling low and complaining and grumbling and all that? What do we do? We right away, we turn to the doctor and say, doctor, I need something to pick me up. And some of us, we're not quite so sophisticated. We might not run to the doctor to get me a pick me up. We run to the pub to get a pick me up. And there's all sorts of ways. Has anybody heard of Red Bull? We'll do whatever, whatever it takes. Because we haven't got enough caffeine and coffee, we have to get Red Bull. We'll do whatever it takes to get up, to get feeling better 
about life. And David says, if you want to feel better about life, if you want to feel good, then what you need to do is you need to start praising God. Why is that? Well, very simple. You need to get your eyes off of yourself. Look what it says here. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests and their vestments went with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols, took their place to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. Folks, what do we do when we're sick and when we're feeling like we're lacking something? What do we do? We're not feeling healthy and strong. Well, we, we ask the doctor to give us something to make us feel better. Well, I'm telling you today, we just talked recently about, about, about good health, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Folks, what you need to do is you need to take this prescription. It's called praising God. It's called worshiping God. It's called recognizing God in your life. It means it's called focusing on the Lord. Why praise? David discovered that praise always boosts his faith. When he begins to praise God, he finds that suddenly all the cares and all the worries and all the concerns about life simply begin to melt away. And some of you have come here today and you've got some pretty sophisticated problems. I almost, almost fainted when I looked at my, my investments online. Do you know, I lost over a, th- that's not that a laughing matter there, girl. <laughs> I lost, I lost almost a third of my portfolio. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. <laughs> this is, this is pretty tough. What do I do? And then I remember, God's in charge. Did you hear what I said? God's in charge. Some of you are facing some really difficult times right now, and I'm I'm here to tell you that God's in charge. Do you know, this temple that we're talking about here, it should never have been rebuilt. There's no way that that foundation should have been, been reset. Ezra really was beating the odds here, big time, folks. I mean, listen to this. The King Cyrus suddenly, coincidentally, says, you know what, Ezra, I want to support you. I want you to go back and get your homeland established. Coincidentally. Now, listen to me, folks. Unless the king is in it, Ezra's not going anywhere and not doing anything. But here's the thing. There is someone greater than the king of the Persians. His name is God. There's someone greater than the wizards on Wall Street. His name is God. There's someone greater than President Bush. His name is God. There's somebody greater than your boss. His name is God. And this morning, if you've forgotten that, then let me remind you of who really is in charge. No, this temple shouldn't have been rebuilt. King Cyrus, not only does he give Ezra permission to go back to his homeland, but he actually gives Ezra back the the 5,400 pieces of gold and silver that were taken from the temple. Now, folks, if you do a, a search on this, you'll discover that we're talking about about gold and silver that's worth in excess of $100 million by today's standards. We're talking about, about big dollars. This should never have happened. And then on top of that, he's got some 50,000 people are going back, back to Israel with him to reestablish the country. So can you just imagine Ezra uh, 
having a conversation with his people and say, hey, hey, guys, you've been here for 70 years. You've got nice homes. You've got your kids, your grandkids here. You're, you're well established. Well, I've got something. I've got a proposition for you. And, and they're saying, okay, what's that, Ezra? What could be better than this? And Ezra says, I want to invite you to come with me back to the back to our homeland. And they're saying, Ezra, so what, what, what have you got there for us? Do you have a home for us to live in? Ezra says, no. Is there any protection? We're under the protection of the king of Persia right now. Is there any protection for us there? No. How are we going to get there? We're walking. Uh Uh-huh. We're walking to a place where there's no home, no promise of a place to live, no protection. Surely there must be food waiting for us there. No, there's no promise of even that. Well, what's the promise then, Ezra? Ezra says, my promise to you is this, is that you'll be able to be a part of what God wants to do for this generation. You will be a part of seeing God reestablish the nation. And amazingly, 50,000 people signed up. Now listen, most of us live lives maybe 70 years long. Do you have any 70-year-olds here? Are you, would you be prepared right now to leave behind your pension, leave behind your house, leave behind your country that you're familiar with, Go to another land where you're no promise of a house to live in. That's essentially what was happening here. This shouldn't have happened. But you see, listen to me, listen to me, my friends. When God is in something, it goes ahead. And so here's Ezra praising the Lord. You know what he found when they got there? They're surrounded by enemies. Nobody wanted these people back in Israel. In fact, they were saying, listen, go back to where you came from or you're all dead people. Now, isn't that a warm welcome? And here they are, going ahead with God's plan. Now, listen to me, my friends. God has called you and I to be people who praise the Lord. In Old Testament times, it were the Levites and the priests that were appointed to praise the Lord. But guess what, my friends? In the New Testament, everybody who calls himself or herself a Christian is called to be part of that worshiping group. Why? Because we are, in fact, priests. That's what it says in Revelation 1, 5 and 6. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Everyone who calls himself a believer today is a priest of God, and your job is to praise the Lord. Did you know that? It's what we do. It's who we are. It's the essence of being a Christian. You are a worshiper. You praise Him. That's why every Sunday morning, we take time to praise the Lord. We could spend the first 20 minutes drinking coffee if we wanted to. We could spend the first 20 minutes watching movies. We could take the first 20 minutes and, and do play games. But no, the first 20 minutes of our service is what? It's given to worship. Why? Because we need to focus on God. Because every one of us has come from through a week with all kinds of difficulties and struggles. And God's saying, Sunday's a great time to get refocused and to remember who's in charge. So you take this praise. Well, no, there's, there's, there, there are instructions that go along with this prescription. Let's take a look at these uh have you ever gotten, ever, anybody, ever, anybody ever taken pills or, uh, not drugs, I didn't say drugs, taken pills for some, something or other? With, uh, with your prescription comes some kind of, of instructions. Medication should be taken with plenty of water, 
uh, may cause drowsiness, uh, take with food, uh, do not drink alcoholic beverages when taking this medication, take medication on empty stomach one hour before, two or blah, blah, etc., etc. et cetera. I want you to know something. There are instructions that God gives us when we praise the Lord so we can get it right. And here's what we do when we praise the Lord. First of all, Look what it says in, in that verse, in Ezra 3.11. With, let's read it together. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. And third? Let's do it again because you got all mixed up when I said third. Ready? And all the people. Okay, let's take a look at that instructions. When you praise the Lord, here's what's got to happen. First of all, you need to praise God for his goodness. You need to tell God he is good. So here's the thing. You're having a rough day. Start praising God. And when you praise him, here's what you do. The first thing you do is you tell God he is good. Is that because God forgets that? Oh, I'm so glad you remembered that. I forgot all about that. I am a good person, aren't I? No, God knows he's good, but you need to remember that God is good. It's who God is. God is a good God. He's always good, unfailingly good. And God will never do evil or intend evil for us. Did you know that? Some people have this idea. I mean, how could God do this to me? God God never does evil to his children. How many know that today? And so when you come to worship God, if things are going tough, don't blame it on God. Rather, praise God because he's with you in the midst of the difficulty or struggle. You see the difference? You're not blaming God. You're thanking God that he's there with you because he intends good. God is, listen, God is not the author of confusion and he's never the author of evil. It's just not who God is. God can't do that. God can do anything but that. And so here's the thing. We can trust God to bring nothing but goodness to our lives. Did you know that? Let me say it again. We can trust God to bring nothing but goodness to our lives. So when you go before God with all your problems and difficulties, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to praise him. Say, God, thank you that you are sovereign, you're in control, and you do good to me all the time. There was a young man who had a hard time trusting people. And it definitely meant that he had a hard time trusting God. He went to a psychologist, and, and after, after a while, after talking to the psychologist, the psychologist got to the bottom of it. And it turns out... That when he was a boy, his father put him on the table and said, Son, walk towards me. When you get to the edge of the table, keep on walking and I'll catch you. The little boy walked along to the edge of the table with his arms outstretched, big smile, waiting for daddy to catch him. But daddy didn't catch him. Daddy let him fall. He fell, banged his head, began to cry. His daddy picked him up, put him on the table and he said, Son, let this be a lesson to you. Never trust anyone. And for his whole life through, he went through never trusting anyone and never trusting God. And you want to know, my friend, something? We live like that. We live without trust. We believe that God is some kind of a cruel trickster just waiting to to make us stumble or make us fall or to hurt us. But God loves us. The second thing we recognize that his love endures forever. His love to Israel, it says, endures forever. Do you know that 
You have a God that loves you unconditionally. I know some of us, we think that God will love me as long as I do A, B, C, and D. God will love me as long as I behave myself. God will love me as long as I don't fail and don't make mistakes. But listen to me. I'm a father. I've got children. My kids don't get it right. In fact, every day there's something that they don't get right. But guess what? On those days, I don't say, I'm not kissing you goodnight and I'm not tucking you into bed tonight because you, you failed, you made mistakes. I don't do that. I love them unconditionally. I care about my kids regardless of their behavior. And I'm going to tell you something. Your God in heaven loves you even when you fail, even when you make mistakes, even when you sin, even when you... Do what you know you're not supposed to do. He loves you and he calls you back to him. So when you praise the Lord, you praise him and say, God, thank you for your unconditional love. The third thing you need to do is you need to praise him because of his help. Now, here's the thing. So many of us fail to recognize the ways that God works in our lives. Do you take time to recognize God's help in your life? In just a few moments, I'm going to show you a slide, a slide presentation that will be a reminder to you and to me. Just how good we have it. When's the last time you said, God, thank you for this roof over my head? We're more apt to say, God, this roof over my head is leaking. (laughs) When's the last time you thanked God for your good health, for your arms, your legs? And then we see that young couple there dancing with one arm and one leg. We're more apt to complain about the lack of the leg than thank God for one leg that works. Listen, my friends, this is what praise is all about. It's praising God for what he's given us. That's the instructions and that's the, that's the directions. The third thing I want to point out to you this morning is the dosage. How much should you take of this medicine? Well, I think you know the answer to that. You can never get enough praise in your life. Ezra 3.12 says, But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the temple being laid. Well, many others shouted for joy. How is it on this great occasion, the foundation of the temple was being laid, and yet there were people who were weeping and complaining and whining and mourning? I'll tell you what's wrong. That's what's so wrong with so many of us, is that we focus on the past and miss what God's doing in the present. Is that you today? All you can see is yesterday, and you don't see how God's been helping you today. You don't see how God has brought you through, how God has provided for you, how God has met your need. These old-timers, they they weren't seeing how God was restoring Israel. They weren't seeing how their temple was being reestablished. They weren't seeing how his people were, were being rebuilt. Listen, my friends, when you hear complaints from a believer, you need to remind them to take a dose. A praise. You need to do that to one another in your home. When your kids start complaining, tell them, don't complain to me. Go praise the Lord. They won't know what you're talking about. They'll think you're crazy, but do it anyway. Because you can never get enough praise. Some would not praise the Lord on that day when, those, when that foundation was laid against all odds. Some just wept. But said many others shouted for joy. Who are you? Are you one of the weepers and the moaners and the complainers? Are you part of those people that praise the Lord and shout for joy? 
Folks, it's your, your, it's your choice. You can either join the complainers or join those who praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you this. You know what I've discovered? I've discovered that complainers always hang out together. You notice that? The people who complain, they have, they're surrounded by complainers. But the people who praise the Lord are surrounded by people who praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you today, it's your choice. It's your choice if you're going to praise him or not. And it's up to you how much you praise him. God can't force you to praise him. That's something you choose to do. But let me promise you this. If you take high doses of praise in your life, you will see your life revolutionized, turned around. Are you a complainer or are you a praiser? During World War II, a U.S. Marine was separated from his unit on a Pacific island. Fighting had been intense, and in the smoke and the crossfire, he lost touch with his comrades. He quickly realized that he would soon be confronted by the enemy. And so he made a beeline for the hills and found a a cave to hide in. And, And as he was hiding in the cave, he heard the enemy coming closer. And he began to pray and said, God, would you help me? Help me here. Do something to protect me, to spare my life. And suddenly a spider began to close the opening to the cave that he was hiding in. And he started to laugh, a sarcastic laugh, and said, God, I don't need a spider web to protect me. I need a brick wall. I need more than a spider web to to keep me safe. But guess what? When the enemy finally did come around, looking, checking the caves out, they passed by his cave because of that spider web. For in their mind, surely, any cave with a spider web over it would never house or keep anybody or anything. That spider web saved his life. At the end of it all, he wept and thanked God, realizing that God, listen, that God doesn't always answer your prayers the way you expect Him to. He doesn't always answer your prayers the way you want Him to. But know this, my friends. God answers prayer and provides for you and cares for you in ways you cannot even expect. And so what you need to do is stop complaining that God's not doing it your way. And start thanking him that he's doing it his way. He's helping you in ways you don't even know. And if you begin to praise him, you begin to see that. I just want to show you a slide presentation right now. It's a reminder to you on this Thanksgiving Sunday to give God thanks for all the good things he's given to you. Scotty. Half, half empty, rather help us to see it is half full. Help us, oh God, to recognize in the midst of the problems and the difficulties of this world that you're there. Help us to see it, Lord. And we know that if we just take the time to see, we will see. Open our eyes, Lord, that we may recognize your faithfulness and your love. God, we are so blessed in this country. We have so much. We thank you for that. 
And we pray, oh God, that we would be a people ever praising you, forever praising you for your goodness, for your love, and for the good things you do for us. Let's stand together and sing, shall we?